Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. This is season two. Ashley and I took the summer off to to live life and uh, to get inspired, you know, to get inspired to bring more more topics to you all to really connect with ourselves. And and then did we connect with ourselves over the summer? I knew that I would know when the time was going to be right for me to go on this mushroom journey because I wanted it to be intentional. I didn't want it to be just the quote unquote trip. And with the work that I've been doing this year in my nervous system of listening to the messages and the cues of my body, I don't know, this felt like the right time. One of the things that I, th- I think that is interesting about trauma is that it gets healed in layers, especially complex trauma. What's incredible is that your light didn't go out. You know, that you have somehow come to this place of being of service, of being such a compassionate, loving, kind, present person. How are you, Ashley? I'm good. I'm glad to be here and back in this space with you. But man, it was a summer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm really happy to be doing this as well. Just to give you all a little bit of of, of a bigger picture from an astrological perspective, the rest of this year, I think it's going to tie up a lot, a lot of loose ends for us. I think that a lot of the things, a lot of the lessons that unfolded for us, March, April, and part of May, and then the summer that we integrated in such a powerful way are now going to find their way into our lives as the year ends and something that becomes a part of us as 2023 comes, if that makes sense, right? So there was a part of us that was opened March, April, May. We integrated summer. A lot of people had shifts. I noticed that a lot in my clients, a lot in myself. I know you shared some of your experiences, Ashley. And then the rest of this year, we make decisions from that point because 2023, I don't want to say that we're completely different people. I think we're just an elevated expression, a, a higher conscious expression of of this, of this avatar, of this identity. I think 2022 was one of those years where we really connected with spirit, with a sense of spirit in a very different, different way. How, how do you, how does that resonate with you, if at all, Ashley? It helps so much when you put words to it like that. And I saw a lot of clients who had been stuck have big moments this summer of awareness and changing behaviors and changing dynamics, taking responsibility. It was really incredible to see. One of the things I love when you talk about integration, I love the idea of integration because I don't think we give ourselves enough time for it. I know for me, I know I'm integrating when I can't take in any more information and I feel like I'm not where I know I should be in quotes after all the work I've done but I'm not in the same spot I was before. And so it's this period where you're not floating, you're still moving around, you know, you're still maybe new thought patterns, new habits, but you can tell you're just not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. You know, after everything you've been there, you're just not, the transformation hasn't quite happened. And then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, all the things I worked so hard to understand or heal and feel and face, they're a part of me or I've let them go. And that's a beautiful moment. Yes. I I mean, I think that, you know, and and I'm sure you've heard this from people before and even in your own experiences, like when, when does all of this begin to make sense? When does it feel like it makes any difference at all in my life? And I think that we have those moments, we have those moments of, of, you know, of of trigger, of, of opportunity to choose differently. And in that moment, that's, I've had those moments where I'm like, oh man, 
this is this is when I see that therapy really works. <laughs> this is this is what I really see. Oh my God, look at me. I'm growing. I'm choosing differently. Mm-hmm. But and and look, while like you said, those moments are beautiful, but <laughs> they don't come without, I don't know, without some some pain, without some some heartbreak, some integration, some mourning, some really significant letting go. Yeah. Lots know? of letting go. Lots of letting go. So we're gonna make this a, a two-part introduction episode type of thing. So Ashley and I, like like I said, we both had really significant summers. There was a lot of integrating. There was a lot of, um, I don't know, rebirth? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Shedding, you know? rebirth, yes. seeing the yes. world in a completely different way. Yes. Oh, all no, of it. No, you no, know, no big deal. <laughs> this episode, I want to talk about my summer and, and a particular uh, journey I had. And then in episode two, we're going to dive into Ashley's experience and her own journey. So yeah, this summer was was really interesting for me. I I actually went on a on a mushroom journey. I didn't go anywhere. I I took mushrooms that were going to you know that took me way 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 deep within and and far far back into my my soul into my life and i think that everything that led up to that moment was purposeful so i intentioned to do this mushroom journey in my apartment i i meditated with the with the uh capsules that i had days prior to the full moon in Capricorn that took place on July 13th. So to me, this is what's one of the beautiful things and exciting things about astrology is that you can time certain, you can time anything really. But this particular full moon of July 13th had a very powerful connection to my natal sun in Capricorn, currently being transited by the sign of Pluto, the planet of transformation, death and rebirth, rising of the phoenix, looking at the shadows, having compassion for those very dark, deep shadows and all of the things. So this year has been a year in which I have focused on healing my nervous system very intentionally. This year has been, for those of you who, who may be new or who are not aware, I grew up in, in, a, in a violent household. I grew up with a lot of violence around me. I witnessed a lot of domestic violence happen between my parents. This was, I was very, very young. I mean, as far back as I can remember from, I don't know, I mean, at least the age of three till probably the age of 10 or 11. It was a constant in my life, along with a lot of poverty, a lot of instability, too much responsibility for someone who was under the age of 10. And so that did a lot to me. And it's something that I have been working on in therapy and coaching, I don't know, for like the last seven years. Mm -hmm. And um, there's been a lot, there's been a lot that's come up and mushrooms or psilocybin has always, not always, but in the last couple of years has been something that I had been interested in. But because I, I've never really, you know, dabbled into psychedelics or drugs other than, other than cannabis. And I mean, and that's, I'm from LA. I'm from California. That's, it's just kind of the thing here. I, I was very afraid and 
I knew that at some point, I knew that I would know when the time was going to be right for me to go on this mushroom journey because I wanted it to be intentional. I didn't want it to be just the quote unquote trip. I wanted for that journey to get me in touch with parts of myself that after at least seven years of processing with a facilitator, it just, I don't know that you hit a wall, but there's, there's a threshold that you feel that you can't cross after a lot of processing. And with the work that I've been doing this year in my nervous system of embodiment, of listening to the messages and the cues of my body, I don't know, this was just, this felt like the right time. And a full moon in Capricorn, my sign, it was just, okay, I got to do this. (laughs) Which um, doing it on your own, I think is so brave. And well, I think you, what, what you've told me about it and as you share it, it was so intentional. And I do feel like the work you've done really prepared you to hold space, you know, for yourself in that. But I just don't think it was so brave. I'm a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thank you. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I agree. So, you know, there wasn't that much nervousness. I thought, okay, universe, okay, spirit. I, I heard the cue. I'm going to move forward with this journey. And so again, I got, I got my psilocybin capsules. I happened to get them a week before the full moon. To me, that felt like a sign. So I got them Mm. the quarter before the full moon, which is a really, when we're talking about the, the phases of the moon and the lunar cycle is such a perfect time to begin preparing for something that you want to expose, express, launch, for instance, at the time of the full moon. And this was, and this was me. So every single day I meditated with the psilocybin, every single day I communicated with my, with my ancestors, with, with my guides, with my grandfather to guide me into this. And really what I wanted, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure what I wanted to get from this. I just knew that I had to completely surrender because I understood that there was something inside of me that was wanting to be understood and expressed at a visceral level. And could you share? Cause I, I was wondering if you would share a little bit about mm-hmm. what you were feeling that led up to this. Cause I thought that was, that was interesting. Um, cause there, there mm-hmm. was a stuckness. Yeah. So for some months, I want to say like, and I think I shared this with you all, all year, I was like, I feel like something's coming. I feel like something's coming. And then come like May, June, I felt so much heaviness. And I felt, I, I felt so much sadness. I was, I was doing the work that I love and I, and I traveled to a few places and I was having such a beautiful time. And within me, there was immense, immense sadness. And not that this wasn't enough. And not even that I wasn't enjoying the work that I was doing. I, I, this is probably one of, in, in the strangest way, it's probably one of the best summers I've, I've had in my, in the recent years. But what led up to it was just this sense of heaviness and just sadness and feeling stuck and just feeling like I was waking up and mourning and crying and not understanding why. I mean, astrology helped, but you know, it gets to the point where astrology can only give me so much insight or, or Mm -hmm. maybe I underestimate the power of these transits to the point where I was like, Oh my God, I did not, I did not think this was going to be this heavy, this 
honestly, it felt like death. So for those of you, for any of you out there who are, you know, astro nerds, I've been having a Pluto transit over my Sun Mercury, natal Sun Mercury conjunction. When 2022, this started, I started feeling this heavily in 2019 by the way, when I quit my, my nine to five job. So like that, that sense of identity that keeps leaving me and leaving me and leaving me. And this last summer and this summer were really heavy, really potent. So, and what I've come to, what I've come to realize is that I've had these moments before and it's for me to completely surrender into them and kind of just swim in these dark waters. And that's scary. It, it can be really scary because it's mm-hmm. like you come to face your your greatest insecurities, your greatest fears. You hear all of the harsh judgment that you have about yourself. I, I heard all of the negativity that I had towards myself. But at this point in my life, I'm like, that's not true because I know that that's not who I am. So how do I reconcile all of this trauma, all of this PTSD, all of this, all of these, all of this judgment, all of this anger? How do I reconcile that? How do I hold that as a part of me that has been and 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 lean more into the fact that I am really coming to the embodied understanding that I'm a spiritual being? I have that feeling that's coming up more. And then mm. that's when I went into, into my mushroom journey. Mm. <laughs> and, and I went into that mushroom journey and I did not realize how much anger was stored in my body. I did not, wow. I did not realize that. A, f- a few years ago, I mean, one of the reasons that I started seeing a therapist who was, who was my astrology teacher at the time as well, and I started seeing him privately, was that I just felt a lot of anger. I was angry. I was angry at life. I was angry at myself. I was angry at people in my life. I was just expressing a lot of anger, and that subsided in the last couple of years. But what I didn't expect was for all of that to, or for a lot of that to still be stored in my body. Mm. And so in the journey, I felt like this rush of that I didn't un, I didn't know what words to put to it but I genuinely believe that my my spirit guide was there and I would ask what is this as I was crying and I felt enraged and I was just crying so hard and with so much aggression that I kept asking what is this what the hell is this and all I could hear was this is the anger that you stored for 35 years Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just need a moment, but <clears throat> yeah, take your time. It was, you know, for anyone who's done a mushroom journey before, I mean, my experience was that it lasted about six hours. So you have these like you have like these peaks and these valleys. And so you can go through, I don't know, one, two, multiple journeys, depending, I think, on how long the, the dose allows you to be in that space for. And so that was my first, that was my first peak experiencing all of that anger to the point where, so I had set myself up comfortably because I had done some research and I had set myself up comfortably in, in my room and I couldn't, I couldn't stay. I had to pace and I had to, had to pace in my, I don't know, maybe 500 square, square foot apartment. Cause that energy needed to move. Exactly. Yeah. Because it needed to move and I felt it rush and I was just crying and crying and just, I was angry. I was, I was feeling all of that anger. My, my parents came up, some friendships came up, 
And I got, I just, there was a little bit of fear for a moment in that space because I didn't, again, I didn't realize how much anger I had inside of me. And all I kept thinking is, how, how is this in here? How, how does this just stay stuck in there? Like, I thought I understood it and it's just there Mm -hmm. and I could feel it move out of my body. Wow. What a, I mean, what a liberation because those cells, those tissues, you know, your body just absorbs, absorbs, absorbs that trauma and what it can express and wow, to give it a space to leave. I'm curious, what did it feel like as it left your body? It it seriously felt like there was, there were waves of energy coming out through every part of me, Mm -hmm. coming out of every part of me, out of my limbs. I felt like I had to exhale just more intentionally. Like that was what my body was asking of me so that 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 energy could leave my body. And, and I was in that space. I think I was in that space for about an hour, maybe a little under an hour. And I just had to cry and, and just say, you know, some, some fuck yous to some people. And just, I think just finally get to the point where I could ask like, why, like, why the fuck would you do that to me? You know? And, um, and I think that was a really important part of it because there have been several instances in my life where I've been on the receiving end of someone else's, you know, stuff. And I never asked why I just kind of kept it inside. And clearly that, that was with me for so many years. Mm-hmm. And so I had to ask like, why? And, and the difference between now and, and asking that why other times, not to the person directly, but just in general to myself, I guess was that this time there was there was no expectation of an answer it was just something i needed to ask from that space of anger mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah giving giving yourself a voice that you couldn't have then yeah exactly exactly can i ask did you hear any any answers to the why's even from your guides or from your intuition or your soul not not in that moment but a lot of things <laughs> Just the simple, I think that the ability to accept the simplicity in that's just where they were at. Mm-hmm. And that for a long time was not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean that's just where you were at? You're, you're an adult, you're a human being, you know, when you're intentionally hurting another person. So why would you do that? Right. And, and in that journey, that answer made all of the sense in the world, not because not just simply because I accepted it, but because at a soul and body level, I understood that that was really where they were at. And so one of the things that I, that I want to say right now is that I'm here, I'm speaking about it. Words, it's very hard for words to do these types of journeys justice. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you who have experienced this, you know what I mean. So you know what I mean when I say that finally in my body, that answer made sense. And that was, that was liberating. That was Mm -hmm. so liberating. I think I realized that for a long time, there was also a part of me that wanted to hold on to that anger. There was something about that anger that made me feel strong or powerful. Like, this is funny because this is actually something that came up in a session just last week with a client that judgment, judgment or anger, or any time we were in a, in a space within ourselves where we feel like where we're thinking very black and white and we choose one thing over another, 
just without any gray area. I think that judgment gives us a false sense of safety Mm -hmm. because to be open to compassion and understanding requires that we leave room for a gray area, requires Mm -hmm. that we leave room for someone else who's part of this equation to be a human being with flaws and who fucks up. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to do when you're on the receiving end of them fucking up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Well, and, and what I notice is that you made space for your experience. You did work on it. You felt the feelings. You made space for this process for you to have your anger, which I think is a very compassionate thing. You know, so often people can jump to compassion for the perpetrator, but we can't have compassion for the perpetrator till we take time to have compassion for ourselves. And I think this is such an important part of this journey is having that compassion for ourselves when we're the victim of any sort of violence, abuse, anything. Yeah. And then at some place we can come to a place of understanding. And you really took your time in that. It's, uh, it's been years, you know? Um, well, and I even mean you, you also made space for yourself to be in that, to, to be in the anger on that journey and to liberate it and to honor it, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think what really helped was that my intention going into it is I fully surrender for what's meant to come up. And I knew with my rational mind what those words meant, because Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy shit, I'm I'm really saying I'm here for the ride, whatever that is, I'm here to fully surrender for whatever needs to come up. And that was the first thing to come up, that immense amount of anger Mm -hmm. and, and the understanding, and not that I didn't know this before, but how much of it was directed towards my mom and my parents and just just a lot of that but how much it needed to be processed because i was tired of being angry i was mm-hmm. tired of always having that little thing in the back of my mind where it's like yeah but you did this yeah but you know and now it doesn't weigh like that anymore mm-hmm. wow it doesn't it it doesn't it doesn't feel that way anymore it's such a powerful example of if we don't give a voice to what is unexpressed or we don't witness what has been held it does it energetically it's inside us our body holds us it it haunts us it carries even if our life we've moved on and we've left Mm -hmm. those relationships we've done whatever but if we don't take time whether it's in a journey, whether it's in therapy, whether it's in some other transformative way, we will, whether we in, intend to or not, it's that, that body holds it. Yeah. And you gave yeah. that younger self space to rage and rant, which is yeah. incredible. You freed, you set her free in so many ways. Yeah. That, thank you for, for that reflection, because I really do feel, you know, when I was a little girl, I was not allowed to throw tantrums or to, you know, raise my voice or to say when I was really upset or angry for whatever reason. And so I learned at a very young age that I had to keep all of that inside. Mm. And I think that that was so much of what came out mm. because it it did feel that way. It, it, it gave me the space to say things that I think I always wanted to say, but was like, oh, no, that's disrespectful or that's you don't say that to these people or you don't say that to anyone. And I think that doing that is what took me on the next on the next peak of the journey, which was when I went back into I was I was in my mother's womb. Seriously. Like I remembered, I was taken back to being in my mother's womb. And it was interesting because I was in fetal position, bawling my soul out under my blankets and just 
realizing, oh my God, I'm in my mother's womb right now. And interestingly enough, that day, it's, it was a Wednesday. It was the middle of a week. I'll never forget that, which is so strange because right now it's the middle of the day. It's a Monday. It's pretty quiet. That Wednesday was so loud in the neighborhood. Like it was just noise everywhere. I was like, what is this? What is happening? Why out of all days is it so loud today? So when, in my journey, when I went back into my mother's womb, I realized, oh my God, this is how much chaos and noise there was when my when I was in my mom's womb. Oh wow. And and something in me said, this is where it all started. The rational part of me was like, I can't believe this is happening. And then I feel that my spirit guides were coaching me. My grandfather in spirit was also there. And I feel they were just saying, keep going, keep going. Because of course the rational mind wants to come out of it and wants to make sense out of things. And it's like, no, this needs to happen. And I remember I came out of my mother's womb. And then when I came out, I was, I was about four or five years old. And I was in an old house that we lived in, in Honduras when I was um, that age. And as a child, that was probably one of the darkest times of my life. And that journey took me there. Oh, man. And so when I came out of my mother's womb and then I landed as like a four or five-year-old in that awful house with those awful people in Honduras, I, what I saw in the journey was, it was like this energy that came behind me. And again, my spirit guide saying, this is the pain of all of the women in your life or all of the women in your lineage. Mm. And I just thought, this is like, I had to, again, I had to surrender because that was the intention. That's what I had promised myself to do. But it, at the same time, me, Mildred, <laughs> I was like, is this really it? Like, this is, this is real. All of a sudden, everything that I had read, the conversations that I had had in therapy, it just, I just remember asking myself why and, and, and why over and over and just bawling and bawling, like, why, why, why? And I was asking why, because it was the first time ever that I realized how innocent I was and how mm. by the time I was five years old, I had seen and experienced a lot of really just traumatic shit. Mm -hmm. And it started in the womb. Like I, I think one thing that was made clear to me is that my soul came to experience that at that age. And that's part of the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be able to hold that understanding in that space, did, was there a sense of, how did that feel in your body? Oh my God. It felt like, like I just finally understood the pain that that little girl went through. It's so crazy because even in conversations with you, I've told you some of my, you know, some of my life stuff, my life story, some of mm -hmm. the things that I've experienced and witnessed. And I've seen your face of like horror, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, like how? Mm -hmm. And there was always a part of me that thought, yeah, that's really horrible. That's really sad. Right. But I didn't realize how disconnected I was from the actual pain that 
pain and trauma that to the degree that I experienced it at, at that age. Mm. And so this journey made all of that pain and the, the understanding of that pain very real, wow. which is why I kept saying, oh my God, oh my God, like how, how can a, how can a little being go through this? Oh my God, just and that was that was the next part of the journey, the understanding of that pain of that little girl. I think of some of the things you've told me about that little girl, and it's it is amazing that you survived. It's amazing your resilience and your strength and your courage to continue. You know, um, when I when when I just witness you know those stories and those feelings that you talk about. One of the things that I th- I think that is interesting about trauma is that I think it's healed in layers, especially complex trauma. And what you're talking about is complex trauma, repeated trauma over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And I think we can say this happened to me and we're very yeah. disconnected from it. And then we can say this happened to me. We'll tell our story again. And there's some feeling there. Mm-hmm. But the moment we say this happened to me and it hits mm-hmm. us in a place that we never knew or weren't able to know at that time. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful healing moment, but it's also like, oh my God, that was that child's pain. I don't think a lot of times we really talk about what it means to fully touch into that trauma pain and the pain yes. of what happened to us, because it's more than just a, yeah, I'm a little sad about that. It's fuck. I was four. And that happened to me. How did I, how did I endure it? And I don't know about you, but I just admire that little girl so much for whatever was inside her that got her to this point. Uh, Thank you for saying that because you, you, you know, you're, you're putting into more concise words that, that experience. And I really appreciate that. Um, Yes. And that's in that moment. That's another thing that I was thinking about, like, how, how, how did that little girl experience all of that, see all of the things that she saw, you know, and then just still manage to be a loving little girl Mm -hmm. who loved and took care of of her siblings. And, and I don't know, I I just, you're right. The light (laughs) never went out. I mean, what's incredible is that your light didn't go out, you know, that you have somehow come to this place of being of service, of being such a compassionate, loving, kind, present person. And I know the journey has not been easy, but it says so much about your essence from the beginning. Well, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I mean, you know, I think that in that moment, I realized that as much as I saw like the pain of the women in my life just come through my little body, through that little girl's body, their strength did as well. Mm-hmm. And I do remember, I do remember having that moment of recognition of you also have the strength of, of the women in your, in your lineage. So when we, to me, I thought afterwards, of course, I thought, oh, that's generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like, that is it right there. Mm-hmm. And so what I think I realized is that with every generation, the next person I think is stronger. Mm-hmm. Circumstances are going to be brought up to overcome it, you know? And then, and I thought to myself, but fuck, at the age of, of four and five and eight and 10, it's different now, you know, because most of my friends have kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I we have friends who, they have a, they, I think they have a three-year-old and like a one-year-old. And I'm like, I can't, I can't even fathom the thought. I can't even imagine that they 
experience any of what my, my brother, my sister, and I experienced at that time. No, I can't. I have kids and I can't um, even imagine. I mean, they're so sensitive and so gentle. Yeah. Be, I mean, kids are just so innocent. Exactly. Exactly. And they just depend on their adults. They look to their adults to keep them safe, to take care of them, to let them know that they're loved, that they matter. And you didn't get that. You didn't have that safety. No, no, I didn't. I had to really learn to fend for myself in so many ways at that young of an age. And children are so resilient Mm -hmm. and so amazing in that way that naturally they have coping mechanisms. And, you know, naturally they, they, I think they lean into their creativity, into their imagination to be able to do that. And, you know, I had a hell of an imagination at that age. I needed to. It was the only way that it was the only avenue I had to take me out of what I was experiencing. So it was books and my imagination. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that, (laughs) um, I think those were the two major breakthroughs that I had during that journey. And then I think that I just spent several hours just kind of in awe and shock, crying. And I have to tell you that I heard my spirit guide just say, you're doing great. Keep going. You're doing great. Keep going. That's so beautiful. I was going to ask, do you ever, or if you were to do it again, or do you wish someone had been there with you? You know, I wasn't, I can tell you that I wasn't alone. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. The next journey will present itself when it needs to. Right. I, I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know how to answer that, but I feel that, that my grandfather's, my grandfather's spirit and my, and my spirit guide, for some reason, that's just all I needed. And my dog, Jack, who was such, who was such a good boy. He's, you know, Jack is so little. He's such a little dog. And just the way that he just curled up next to me or behind my knees or at my feet, the resilience of his little soul to something in him said, okay, she needs, she needs me to be here right now. Mm. It was incredible. Mm. (laughs) That's so, I mean, they just know. Yeah. They just know. And I, and I also, I ask because I think it's important for people who think about doing these kinds of journeys to really measure how much they've sat with their own pain and sat with their own trauma. Something you really trusted was your ability to handle what arises. Not everybody can go to those places um, and nor should they have to, you know, I think that's the distinction I wanted to make is you have sat intentionally with pain. And if you haven't sat intentionally with pain and you go on this kind of journey, that's not a good idea. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Absolutely. It can be re-traumatizing is that's my point. It can be re-traumatizing. And so what is beautiful is Millie has worked really hard to sit in her pain and be present for her pain and be a compassionate witness to her pain. And if someone who's listening hasn't had the space to do that or is not there, that's totally okay. And there's nothing wrong with having a witness or having someone facilitate this for you. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in terms of, of, of where things are moving, you know, there are more and more laws being passed about this type of therapy being made available to people. And I think amazing. I mean, yeah, amazing plant medicine. Mother nature is is perfect. It's perfect in every way. Everything exists intentionally. Yes. We are given we are given medicine by nature for every ailment that can exist, including the ones that we bring upon ourselves, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and mother nature will still say in her unconditional love to us, here I have something that 
will cure that, soothe you, heal you. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there's more conversation and room being made for this, for these types of therapies, I think is, is really beautiful. You know, anyway, I, I just, um, no, it is so important. And I'm glad you're speaking to that. And I also just want to say, since we're talking about this topic, you know, because I've had people mention to me that they've had terrible, inauthentic Mm -hmm. witnesses to this and who have re-traumatized them, didn't help them. So if you are someone that's interested in this, you know, understand you're in such a vulnerable place that be really mindful of the person that you choose to be present for you, that they feel right in your body, that you're not forcing it or just because they say Mm -hmm. they're good or say they've done it, that your body Mm -hmm. will tell you if you could be that vulnerable with someone. And it is so important. I'm someone who's yes, who yes, has sat with my pain intentionally. I have let myself be in those dark spaces, obviously with a facilitator, like with, with, a, with a therapist, right? Yeah. What I've realized is that I've learned not to run away from it because I feel like I always come out better in the other end. And believe it or not, I always have my work in the back of my mind. Yeah. I know that if I can hold my own darkness, my own pain, that then I'm creating the capacity to be able to be a better facilitator for others. Absolutely. But to your point, don't go into this just just because. Be intentional. And if you do need someone there with you, absolutely have someone there with you. Because this is why you hear about people like, I had a horrible trip. Well, Yeah. I think that if I hadn't been as intentional as I was and had had experience with my own pain, I think I would judge my journey as a bad trip as well. Because that shit was everything. It was painful. It was scary. It was like, you are at, yes, you are at your most vulnerable because you have absolutely no control of what's coming up. And what happens is that if you in that space try to come out of what's naturally just coming, that's not going to be a good time. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't because imagine. you're in it for hours. <laughs> nope. See, like I said, I'm not, I'm not there. <laughs> but it's so true. It's so true because I think it shows you what needs to be healed and it helps you face yeah. the shadow yeah. of what isn't healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so grateful that you shared this because I think it's such a good example of an intentional preparation and a mindful journey and what can happen. And it's just beautiful. Thank you. I mean, just, and I know getting through the story wasn't always easy. There's some very vulnerable moments. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the space. I hope that this is helpful in any way for those of you who are listening. This inspired my work. This is why I'm leaning much more into working with the nervous system and understanding and healing at that level. I mean, that inspired my newest coaching program, which is called Unveil. That's what came from that. You know, I'm, Mm. I hold myself differently. I hold other people differently. I'm still integrating that journey. And this is, we're almost in October. That's almost three months later. So that's also another thing that I want to put out there that the integration afterwards matters just as much as the journey itself, if not more. Oh, I, th- I agree. When I have clients go through it, they'll talk about it and it'll be part of the conversation for weeks, months. Integration is important. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think that that's what, that's the point. That's the point. And it takes time and yeah. it takes intention. And again, it has shifted my work. It has shifted the meaning of my work. It has made me ask different questions of myself of, of what is truly the intention behind 
why I do what I do. I think that I asked myself that question here and there, but this time it it felt different. Mm. And it really made clear that I am just here on my own journey. And all of a sudden, all of that comparison, that judgment, that fear of feeling like I was behind, all of that stuff has really just subsided and almost to be non-existent. And that has never That's been incredible. the case for me. So thank you for giving me the space. Yeah, absolutely. I want to shift gears because I had an idea. I thought it might be interesting to tell people what we're reading right now. Um, So I'm going to throw that on you for a moment because I'm reading Braiding Sweetgrass, which reminded me of what you were talking about, Mother Earth. And it's about plants and not the kind of plant medicine that you're talking about necessarily, but herbalism and the importance of respecting the earth and what it offers us. So that's one of the books I'm reading. I just was curious what you're reading now. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. I am still reading Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza, which is a really interesting book that that came to me after this journey because I appreciate it differently. That's what I'm reading right now. Mm. And I do want to share, I just finished The Awakened Brain by Lisa Miller, which is a beautiful book about the scientific evidence of spirituality and its impact on our brain. So I'm so excited that they have MRIs and scans of the brain that show that our brain is healthier with spirituality. Right. So I wanted to share that as well. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. It's so great to be back having these conversations with you, Ashley. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing such a beautiful journey. Absolutely. Next episode, we're going to be talking about Ashley's own journey, even though it was, even though it was much more natural, it was still a journey. (laughs) She still went through it and she's going to tell us all about it next episode. So we'll talk to you all then. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, week, months. Yes, thank (laughs) you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye.